0: Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Leah Svoboda. Leah is a student in our Executive MBA class of 2023, and she is also the president of the Network of Executive Women Student Organization. Leah and I recently connected to talk a little bit more about her background, how she decided to pursue an MBA, what she has gained over the course of her first year in the Executive MBA program, her plans for the network of executive women, student organization in the year ahead, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview for Leah Swoboda. Leah, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's
0: great to have you here. How's the summer going?
1: It's going well. It's D.C. Um, I, I'm here in, in Washington, D.C., so it, it's pretty hot and humid. But, um, you know, I, I enjoy, enjoy being able to get outside and, and, yeah, it's going well.
0: It's so humid here, typically, that when you have the random day, like yesterday, Sunday, like 83 degrees low humidity, it's almost like I have to do everything outside all the time, you just really feel the pressure to seize the day. I don't know if that's how you feel. That's how I felt. It,
1: it is. So we just wrapped up um, an OGR an on grounds residency weekend in Roslyn. And um, so, you know, it's kind of like you're simultaneously really exhausted because you just finished 12, 13 classes, but you're also living on a little bit of a, an emotional Hi, from reconnecting with your, you know, your classmates and your friends. And, um, and so I got out of class yesterday and was like, ah, oh, I still get a lot of time to enjoy the weekend, went for a little walk. Uh, it was, it was quite nice. Yeah. You have to take advantage.
0: Absolutely. Well, you're officially a second year student now. How does that feel?
1: It feels great. I think you know. To be honest, I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> it hasn't, uh, you know, it's not the easiest thing to um, go to school and to work and maintain, you know, your friends and your you know family relationships. And yeah, I think I. As soon as we got that title, I was like, "We are doing a good job." I'm I'm proud of myself, so it feels pretty good.
0: Well, there was a official midpoint celebration that happened on the rooftop. Another beautiful day in the Washington, D.C. metro. And then I gather that there was another celebration that happened this past weekend. Was there a second celebration for kind of we're at the midpoint in the program? Maybe something a little bit more informal?
1: I would say, Brett, that the class of 2023 celebrates um, a lot of milestones. Um, we, we're, we're very proud of ourselves and pretty much every one of our weekend residencies, we find a reason to celebrate whether it is um, the fact that we've uh, made it to completing Friday night classes or Saturday night classes. <laughs> so we do find a lot of reasons to celebrate um, Friday night. A group of us went to see to kill a mockingbird at the Kennedy center. That was a lot of fun. And then class Saturday. And we did, we had a, a rooftop celebration at view, which is the bar on the roof of the W hotel hotel. Um, you know, it just has an incredible view of the White House and the National Mall and and all that. But I would say there is no shortage of celebrations when we are together.
0: So tell us a little bit more about who you are and, you know, how you decided to pursue an MBA.
1: Yeah, um, I would be happy to. So I am a New England native. I'm from Massachusetts. I have lived in Washington, D.C. I think it's 13 years now. I moved here in 2009 um, for for undergraduate school, and I've worked in the pharmaceutical industry really throughout my career, focused, as I said, in federal government affairs. And so I, I really like it. D.C., Virginia, Maryland, this whole area. And um, I would say going to graduate school is always something that I have on my to-do list. Um, kind of like the school environment. I like learning. And, um, you know, even though that might sound a little bit nerdy, but I I think also, I mean, you start, you're in um, the working world for a few years and you start to look around and notice that everyone who's in positions that, or I noticed that uh, pretty much everyone who's in positions that I aspired to be in were, um, you know, they had some sort of secondary degree. And so I, knew that going to graduate school generally was something I wanted to do. But, you know, to be honest, after college, I had some loans and I just thought, you know, I'm not, don't know if I'm ready to to take on another financial commitment unless it's the right thing for me. What's the perfect, you know, program. And I spent a number of years, I, I took GRE courses. I thought maybe I would pursue a public health degree, a law degree, um, and nothing really seemed like the perfect fit, um, or to be honest, worth kind of taking a a pause for my career. And it wasn't until I had a friend who, you know, Brad, I have a couple of friends who've gone through the program, but one in particular who I really saw like firsthand, um, how he he enrolled in Darden in 2018, think graduated in 2020. And I saw how much, he was kind of developing as a leader, asking more questions at work. And I also saw how much fun, um, you know, he was having with his classmates and how it really seemed like, although, you know, a super challenging environment, um, you know, academically that it was well worth it. And so once I saw that, I thought, okay, this is a program I need to investigate a little bit further. I know nothing about accounting finance statistics. You know, I, I studied public health, this, this isn't an area that I'm familiar with. And I realized that that might be exactly why it's the right fit for me. Um, because I wanted to go to school to really challenge myself and to learn completely new things. And um, I think Darden seemed like a place that was totally open to that. I remember you saying on one of the first webinars I joined that you did not have to have, you know, you do not need to be a management consultant, you don't, you know, although that's great, you might have some useful skills, you know, we have folks with a variety of different backgrounds in the program, and, and they're all able to succeed and kind of contribute in different ways. And so that's why business school sounded, you know, right to me, I had to work up the courage a little bit to actually apply. I think I was in one of the the last application pools, but I'm so glad I did. And I, I'm so happy with my decision.
0: So you're here now about a year or more actually into the program uh, from a, from a quarter standpoint, from a content standpoint, you know, when you look back on, on the past year, like what jumps out to you, you know, the ways that you've grown, changed, developed. I'm curious.
1: I think I'm, I have developed a bit of a stronger voice. I think I'm a better advocate for myself. um, And that was really one of my goals. Um, A stronger voice, both personally and professionally. I felt like um, I would be in situations at work where I wouldn't really be asking a question unless I had done every bit of prior research and felt like it was you know, I I would wait and, and hold back a little bit. And now Darden has really helped me develop the ability to just ask questions. Um, and, and like I said, advocate for myself. I've had to have conversations with friends, you know, about, okay, well, you know, I'm going to be in school that weekend and really share more directly with people what's important to me and prioritize myself. And that stands out to me as, as some really key things. Um, and then also, as I said, the friendships that I've developed with our classmates, It you spend a lot of time together. And um, that's something that's really special. And I'm so grateful for. So yeah, I think those are two things, really developing my own voice, being becoming a better self-advocate, and also um, friendships and some of the cool stuff we learned too. I mean, you see things, I, I see, read news articles now that I understand and am able to better you know, communicate about. Um, I'm on calls at work where I can more meaningfully contribute, I think, to things that weren't in my background before.
0: Well, I want to stick with this idea of um, finding your voice or feeling more comfortable speaking up. Um, so one of the things that I'm curious is like, what is it about the program that allows people to do this? Cause this is, this came up in a conversation with the executive MBA class of 2022, as we were talking with some of those students about the impact of the program. And they said something similar. Um, they used to think, you know, several of the people on that webinar would say like, I used to think I had to have all the information. I had to know exactly the right answer. And I had to be certain of that answer before I would ever speak up. And now I just feel comfortable talking, like, you know, whether I really know a whole lot or, you know, just if, if I'm still putting it together or like, you know, and and I, it's all very fascinating to me. That's a pretty significant change in terms of how someone's oriented to the, towards the world. And so I'm just curious, you know, what do you think pro- prompts that kind of growth, that development?
1: I think it's a little bit of, of being forced into the situations and, and it's how the, the class structure is designed through the case method. um, I think, really creates that environment. Um, it's really intimidating at first to enter this classroom where you have sixty other people who you're not familiar with them, you're not familiar with their background. Um, and I think my tendency in that situation would be to do exactly what you described, sit back and learn, you know, Oh, let me just hear what's going on. Um, And in the case method, you can't do that. I think um, some of our classmates joke that I am like the cold call queen. I must have the kind of face where um, professors really like to call on me. Uh, I get cold called multiple times a weekend and so, that has forced me to make sure I'm prepared, um, which is always important, but also just to get comfortable saying what I don't know. And, and, um, and yeah, I think it's the case method that facilitates that. And when you ask a question, when you raise your hand and you think, all right, this is a stupid question. I'm the only one in this class who's thinking this. You, you're sitting there. You might feel really isolated and I force myself to raise my hand and ask something. cannot tell you the number of times that I'm going to break. Our classmates are so supportive of each other. People will come up to me. I've done it to others and say, thank you for asking that. I was also confused. I had the same question and I didn't want to raise my hand. And so it's the case method facilitates the environment and then the support of other people giving you that saying, Hey, good job. Or, Hey, thanks for asking that. It makes you want to do it again. And you have that positive reinforcement. And then you take that confidence where you say, Oh, that wasn't that bad. If I can do it in a room of 60 people in the first time I meet them, I can certainly do that at work, you know, on my team and be more comfortable, just, just voicing in, piping in and and asking. And so for me, that's a couple, that's how I, I think Darden has really facilitated um, and helped me develop that skill.
0: I really love those points because I feel like for many students, that is a big challenge in, the, in you know, their life, their professional development, like, particularly as you move into places where things are more ambiguous, there's not a right answer, you're trying to figure all this out, maybe beyond the scope of your immediate experience, you have to be comfortable with these kinds of things. Um, and so you have an opportunity to practice a bit at Darden. I also want to talk about the advocating for yourself piece um, and having a clear sense of your priorities. Like, where do you think that's coming from out of the program?
1: I think um, when you, if you get in, you enroll in the program, there are a lot of materials that say, okay, this is what the schedule is going to be like. And you have to take some time or I had to take some time at least and really look at, okay, if I have class on Tuesday and Thursday, i going to need to do homework a couple of other days a week and being honest with myself about what that would actually look like in my life and being very clear with my job. And as I mentioned, my friends and my family, I'm, I'm very close with my family and I usually go up to Massachusetts and see them, um, every six weeks or so, and that wasn't going to be an option with the, you know, w- with the commitment I was taking on. And so, um, it started with the beginning of the program, really wrapping my head around what the schedule would look like, and talking to alumni and talking to folks who had done it before, and say, "What does your day to day look like?" Um, and then sticking to it. And I wouldn't back down. You have to advocate for yourself. You know, some of some people might say, well, can you just skip class and and come to this? And no, I can't. We can't skip class. This is something I'm prioritizing for myself. And it means a lot to me to not only be there for, you know, the the grade isn't really what's important. It's actually learning something. I'm here to, to learn something. And so to do that, I do need to be in class. But you know, even more than that, like I need to be present. I don't. I try not to roll up to my, you know, to a Zoom class right when it's starting. You know, you want to catch your breath and and be prepared and actually be there. And so, um, starting with the beginning of the program, having a, I think, an honest talk with yourself about what your day to day life is going to look like, depending on your circumstances and your family, and then. Um, And then sticking to it. And now everyone's used to it, you know, in my life, I would say. And so instead of getting grief from people when you can't make it to a certain event, they're so excited when you can be there. And um, I think that I hope really translates, um, you know, after I graduate to being able to say, okay, this activity is important to me Um, and yeah, like I said, prioritizing myself and being able to have those conversations with friends and family. unlike before, where I think I was maybe a little bit more, I would do whatever I thought I was supposed to do. So.
0: I love that point because I think that is a very real part about the program, right? You're going to have to disappoint the people. Like that is, you know, invariably true. You only have so much time. You only have so much availability. And you're going to end up saying no to things and you're probably going to end up having to say no to maybe some things that you would have said yes to, you know, the year before uh, prior to doing the program. That might be weddings. That might be birthday parties kinds of stuff. But I, I really appreciate your point about like maybe it flips the, the script on things. And like when you're actually able to be there, maybe you appreciate it a little bit more and maybe they appreciate it a little bit more because they know how many things are competing for your time. Um, I haven't, haven't, I haven't talked to somebody who said it that in quite the, that way, but I think that that's a great point.
1: Thank you. And and giving yourself that grace and saying, you know what, my best is enough. And sometimes that does happen with school too. You know, you're, you can only do your best and you can, um, you know, maybe not, maybe for a certain class, you can spend two hours preparing because it's, for me that would be finance and I might need to really read pretty closely and then in another class you do want to go to the birthday party and you're going to read the case over and take a couple notes and maybe text your learning team and say hey what you know what were some of the key insights you guys gained and you know you can only do your best and so finding that balance and giving yourself the grace to say all right today I was here for school. I was here for my friends and family. And that's good enough. And I think forgiving yourself when it might not be perfection is also something that I've learned.
0: Well, the last thing I want to ask about before we transition to talking about your role as a leader of the Network of Executive Women student organization is a point that you made a little bit earlier about the program is actually fun. Um, And so oftentimes when People start talking about things like executive MBA programs. You start hearing a lot about work, life balance and time and all the hours that you'll have to spend per week. You know, we it all tends to trend in this direction. And one of the things that I'm always struck by when I'm around, you know, classes as they're going through this program people do seem to be having a lot of fun in the program. They're staying busy. I mean, it's not all just case reading and class discussions. There's a lot of other things going on. And one of the things that we started to hear from folks during the pandemic in particular is like, man, I get to meet 130, 135 new people in the executive MBA program when you start. And like how hard it is to meet people just in the world now at at this particular time, but also just generally when you get to a place in life where people are doing this kind of program, It's just not that easy to meet that many people all in one fell swoop, that many interesting people, I should say.
1: I could not agree more. And it is so much fun. Um, I think if you had talked to me a couple of years ago would I have said that, yeah, on on our on-grounds residency weekends where you have three full days of class and you're you're waking up at 6:30 or 7 you get to school 7:30 8 and you're in class all day i would not have thought that it would be as fun as it is i mean it is um challenging it is like you know you're the the classroom environment i really do think is funny i mean We, if you don't take yourself too seriously and everyone's there trying their best, we make a lot of jokes, especially as you get to know your classmates, the classes become even more fun. Um, So there's that inside the classroom, but on the breaks, you know, and after class, these are little reunions that we have and we get together a lot outside of our on grounds residency weekends too, whether it's, um, you know, the folks who live here in Washington, D.C., traveling up to New York, um, traveling down south, visiting each other, organizing um, hikes and SEC football game trips and Charlottesville trips. Um, There is a lot of fun inside and outside the classroom that makes it worth it. And I, I know that that's a common sentiment among many of my friends in the classroom. When you're leading up to the weekends of school in person it it's a lot I mentioned 12 thirteen classes and that's a lot of casework to prepare for but there's also this sense of excitement um we all get there on Friday morning and you know it it's worth it um and so I I wouldn't yeah I I would definitely emphasize the fun I hope everyone can hear my smile through the um through the podcast I, I really enjoy it
0: yeah it's a like- it's incredible to see, one, people make such incredible friendships, uh, form such incredible friendships while they're in this program. That starts to happen very quickly, too, um, It's always my impression. And it's great to see all the other things that get added, right? So you have the weekend residencies and all the social stuff that happens around the weekend residencies. But to your point, we hear about like, oh, well, the group of us are going to Charlottesville or we're going to do this other thing together. And you realize that this is in the flow of very busy, full lives and an executive MBA program, but this is a big enough priority. It's, they enjoy each other's company enough to say, hey, we want to spend even more time to, together. So um, I appreciate I appreciate that, Leah. So, well, let's talk about the Network of Executive Women Student Organization. This is a student organization we've fe- featured a number of times here on the podcast. You are the new president of NEW, that's a lot of new, but uh, you are the new president of the Network of Executive Women. And um, first and foremost, for listeners who are not as familiar with this student organization, tell us just a little bit more about it.
1: Well, thank you. And I'm really excited to be involved with NEW. So as you mentioned, the Network of Executive Women our goal is to support DART and becoming and, and really being the best place for women in business. And, um, all women in the program are invited to join and any men who support our mission are also invited to join. And what we do is create spaces, um, for, uh, personal and professional work, um, priorities that different women in the program have. And, and, um, Whether that's through Zoom events or classroom support and tutoring, mentorship, um, in-person events or social events, our goal is to, to support the women in the program and future women in the program as well.
0: So every president has their goals, you know, things that they hope to accomplish. I know it's early days, Leah, but as you started to talk with the board and planning, you know, for the, the months ahead, what are, what are you doing? What are you hoping to accomplish over the course of your tenure?
1: My goal and, and our goal as the new board is to host, um, really it came down to kind of some metrics to host at least one event every month um, and make that look different for um, every month. And and we've already been speaking with alumni who are focused in female entrepreneurship We have a women's golf clinic um, and I should say it's open to men as well. So it is a new golf clinic um, to teach women in their program, some of the basic skills um, about golf. Um, If they're interested, that's scheduled for the end of this month, end of July Um, in September. Darden is actually hosting its first ever women's leadership summit and new will be a part of that. They, we will be um, focusing on, uh, sort of the this new world of work that um, is happening post COVID, and and what that will mean for everyone, in particular women. Um, and and yeah, that's I think so those are some of the things on the immediate horizon. But our goal was to just at least create a space once a month, at the very minimum, for women in the program to be able to get together, um, focus on different topics, issues that are coming up. And I think you'll find there'll be much more, hopefully, than one event a month, but um, that's, that's where we'll start.
0: Well, one of the things I'm curious about, Leah, is how did you decide that you wanted student organization leadership to be part of your executive MBA student experience? Because some of our listeners may be thinking about, gosh, everybody's doing so much while they're in this program, and you take on extracurricular activities.
1: I think that's a great question. And it was actually a bit of a challenge when I first got involved with new because um, a lot of women in our program felt similarly when we were um, initially recruiting and running for the new leadership team. There are a lot of very involved people in our program. And I think they that some folks initially thought, okay, I don't know if I'm ready to take this on. And um, to be frank, not a ton of people ran for the new, you know, diff- some different new leadership positions. And one of the first things I did was reach out to a number of folks who I had thought would be interested in being more involved with new and say, there are a lot of different ways that student leadership can look. It does not have to mean that we do two Zooms a week after class, you know, it we want to support you with what you're interested in. Um, and if that's helping us connect with our alumni, if that's helping us connect with incoming classes, with the community, with, um, you know, I with other organizations within Darden. Um, I think there's a role for everybody. And that was my message is that it doesn't have to be this intimidating, huge time commitment. It's how can we take what you're interested in and what your skills are and help you and give you the platform to amplify that. And so we have more um, women involved in new leadership now than I think ever before. And that's really exciting. Um, And then for me personally, I started out just as soon as Darden started, I got involved with the outreach committee and the outreach committee is the community engagement community service committee. I think you could probably call it, We do a lot of different donation events, um, volunteer activities, whether that's book drives or, um, you know, relief funds, blood drives, different things like that. And so I started with the outreach committee, which I'm still involved with. And then I thought this has really helped me develop relationships with some of my classmates on a closer level. It's helped me see a whole nother side to Darden. And how can I get even more involved? And I had learned about new, and I, I thought, why not? Why not try it out and take that step? And it's it's worked out well so far, and it's been a, a fun adventure.
0: So, what is the outreach committee up to these days? I feel like y'all are always doing something because every time I come to a weekend residency, we just uh, we've had some members of the diversity and inclusion committee. On And it feels like every residency, they have a new project um, that's sort of bubbled up. And it feels like the outreach committee, similarly, always has something going on. I always see a box, you know, there's always a call for donations or, hey, we're planning this particular thing. So um, what do y'all have going on right now?
1: We have a lot going on, Brett. Um, we, uh, every OGR, every weekend residency, we host a uh, toiletry drive. So if you travel for work or when you're staying at the hotel that we stay at in Roslyn for our weekends, we encourage folks who don't use the trees that the hotel gives you to bring them and we donate them to a couple of different homeless shelters in the area. We do that every resident, every on grounds residency. Knowing we're entering back to school time, um, we are organizing some backpack drives. So um, a drive to collect different items in support of um, kids going back to school. And then we also have a long term, I think it's a 60 day blood drive um, where we weren't able to organize a blood drive on in on our campus because of the schedule of our um, classes. And so we're encouraging folks and trying to give them the resources to, we're encouraging folks to donate blood in the next couple of months. And then we're, as folks are comfortable sharing with us that they do, we're tracking that to measure our impact. And so those are some of the things um, immediately on the horizon. We also support inside the community. One thing that I think we haven't talked about is that life goes on, um, you know, when you're at Darden and both really challenging, difficult events happen for us and our classmates and also really exciting events. And so the outreach committee tries to make sure that we're recognizing um, all different life events that our classmates have through either cards or other kind of recognition.
0: Was there anything else you're engaged with? I feel like, man, every time I come to these podcasts, I learn something new. Um, so uh, I knew about the blood drive, but I didn't know about some of this other stuff. So this is great. Um, anything else that you're involved with, Leah, that you would want to mention here?
1: I think we've I think we've covered it. Um, I'm really excited about this summit, um, the Women's Leadership Summit, and I encourage folks to check that out. It is actually it'll be in Roslyn at Sands Family Grounds, and so that would be a, a great way to connect with current former students and just a number of the other um, female leaders that are associated with the Darden community. It's never ending. Um, You know, the more activities I've been able to get involved with, the more people you meet who open up kind of these doors in your mind to thinking business school can lead you to so many things that you might not have initially thought of. And so um, I would encourage folks to check that out and yeah, I think that's it.
0: All right. Well, what are you looking forward to in the months ahead? Right, you got electives on the horizon, um, into the program. LR two is uh, well. It's about. It's less than a year away. Um, the The new hotel may be online by then. I mean, everything's happening. So exciting. Uh, sure. So, what are you looking forward to?
1: Lot of lot of good things to come. I'm really excited for electives. Um, I it, electives, and I will be attending at least one global residency, which I haven't gone on one yet. And so entering the second year, being able to tailor some of uh, my classes to what I'm interested in even more in a more focused way. I think I'm still gonna take some finance classes, challenge myself a little bit there, um, but I'm really excited to, to get in um, some of those electives. And then I'll be going to Japan in October um, potentially India in December. And, um, I'm seeing if I want to add on another global residency for next spring, we have Vietnam and Morocco as options there. So being able to go on those global trips is another way to connect with, you know, other folks in the class who you might not have really been able to spend a ton of one-on-one time with yet, and, and just learn about other vultures and their business and, you know, how kind of how that works. It's, um, I'm really excited for for those two things.
0: Have you been to any of those countries?
1: No, I haven't. So I'm, I'm pushing the envelope, Brad. I'm trying to branch out a little bit. There are, we are all, I think, you know, technically required to do one global residency. I would say I don't, personally, I don't see that as a requirement. It is a a really awesome benefit of the program that these trips are organized. And I think I'm one of many people who once you saw the slate of trips that were options, and once folks started going on them, you real, I realized, I don't know if one is going to be enough. And so um, that's why I, I'm probably going to take on at least one other trip.
0: Well, we always tell students: once you travel one time, you'll want to travel more. And so, MBA format students, you're right. Only required, weird word to use, but only required to do one global residency. Gamba format students uh, required, again required to do four global residencies. Um, but man, it's such incredible, such an incredible opportunity to travel around the world with your classmates, to go to a location, you're doing all sorts of things that you can't do as a tourist while you're there, um, visiting companies here from industry leaders, just really getting a feel for what business looks like. And I think oftentimes students will use it as an opportunity to go so, to someplace they might not have gone as a tourist, um, to, to really kind of get a feel for the place, to pack a lot in in the seven days. It's like basically a business trip is a good way to kind of think about it. Um, but that's another thing that we hear from, from students when they choose their global residency location or locations in the summer. They really just say like, look, I didn't know if I was going to go to X country um, on my own and gosh, how great to go with 30, 35 classmates.
1: That, that's so true. It's exactly um, why I'm excited to, to be able to go on one of these trips. So.
0: All right, Leah. Last question for you here. Um, lots of lots of advice has been shared already, but maybe what what's the uh, what's one word of wisdom, piece of advice you would share with our listeners as we wrap up here? Something for them to think about as they consider their own MBA journeys.
1: I think my parting words of wisdom would be to have faith in yourself. Um, you know, if you are thinking about Darden or beginning. The Darden journey. Just know that that you can do it. I was not what I thought in my mind, the typical business school student. And what I realized is that Darden is filled with people who think the same thing. And we all do belong in the Darden community. And you know, if you get in and you are in the program, keep believing in yourself. The first couple of classes are a challenge. It was hard for me to wrap my mind around the way some of the subjects worked. And um, and to to get through it, frankly. But you do it, you lean on your your classmates and, and just have faith in yourself.
0: I love that point. We had a webinar earlier this year, one of your classmates said something very similar. She said, you know, I always thought that I was probably a non-traditional student. And then I came to the executive MBA program and realized that Basically, everyone's non-traditional here (laughs) in the sense of like, who do you expect to be in a business program? It's some surprises, right? In terms of background, industry background, academic background. And I thought it was just, you know, it it kind of reframes like a little bit of that sort of binary, which doesn't really, really apply. I think the thing uh, that you noted earlier is like, there's so many different people who can be successful here. And it's really just a question of like motivation and leaning on classmates, asking for help. Um, and just, again, believing in yourself. So um, thank you, Leah, so much for taking some time out of your workday. Um, congratulations on uh, your your position as new president. That's awesome. And you're um, too. Yeah, I know. Gosh, so many milestones to celebrate. I, I trust <laughs> that the executive MBA class of 2023 will find a way.
1: Don't worry, we have um we have Punch Bowl Social, Top Golf, um, and a trip to Charlottesville planned to celebrate ourselves in the coming months. So oh, we will be sure to uh, to take you up on that. But thank you so much for having me, Brett. I really appreciate it. And again, if anyone um, women or men are interested in learning more about new, the network of executive women. Um, you know, I'll make sure that my email address is available and please don't hesitate to reach out to me via email or LinkedIn. And I hope to be able to connect with you.
0: And that was my interview with Leas Svoboda, a student in our executive MBA class of 2023. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at Darden. Virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.